welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. And welcome to episode number 137 of the Proper Mental Podcast. My guest this week is Harriet Dyer, who is a stand-up comedian, a writer and a mental health advocate. And when she was growing up, Harriet just thought she was eccentric. But as she got older and people kept trying to have her sections, she came to realise that there might be a bit more going on. And she would eventually be diagnosed with bipolar. And she's incorporated her experiences with mental illness into her comedy ever since. And in this episode, I chat to Harriet about the fine line between being eccentric and being mentally ill. And we talk about some of the experiences that led to her diagnosis and why she started performing stand-up about it. We chat about mental health in the world of comedy, making mental illness funny, and the different ways that people react to jokes about mental health. And we talk about her award-winning mental health comedy night, which is called Barking Tales, and how that came to be and what they do there and all that stuff. That's a wonderful thing that she does. And Harriet also co-hosts a podcast. It's called Make Me Better. And her and the other host, Louise Young, they try out different self-improvement fads to see if anything makes them less insane. And we chat about some of the different things that she's tried, stuff like meditation and seaweed and cold water and all this stuff that they've tried for that show. It's a wonderful podcast. It's really funny. I highly recommend it. Harriet also has her special from last year. It's called Trigger Warning. She just put that up on YouTube so you can watch that now. That's an incredible watch. It's really funny. It's really thought-provoking. It's difficult to watch at times. And the line between stuff that's really challenging and really quite dark and then Harriet making jokes around that stuff it's so clever what she does to be able to talk about these things and be really funny at the same time there's a real art to it and that whole conversation around what should be funny and what isn't funny and who can make jokes about what I think that's a really fascinating conversation, particularly around mental health, particularly when people are talking about their own experiences and making jokes around that is a lot of fun to explore. And it was a lot of fun to watch the special and see that in action, to see Harriet do what she does. Yeah, it was brilliant. She was so much fun to talk to. I liked her a lot. You can hear how much fun I have in this episode. I always try and meet the guest where they're at when it comes to words that I use and how I talk. And I really felt with Harriet, I could kind of just kind of like let loose and have a lot of fun with it. And I think that really comes across in the recording. And yeah, it was just an absolute pleasure to chat to her. There's a link in the episode notes to Harriet's website. From there, you can find her social media, there's show dates, there's links to her book, Bipolar Comedian, stuff about the podcast and everything else you need to connect with her there. And it's the same for me. If you want to connect, if you want to learn a bit more about the show all in the episode notes previous comedians that have been on that you might be interested in i've spoke to juliet burton i've spoke to sarah callahan i spoke to maurice gohan and all of those episodes like this one are very good and very worthy of your time and also very worthy of a five-star review on itunes or on spotify if you could do me a solid and sort that out for me it would be very much appreciated And this is episode 137 of the Proper Mental Podcast with Harriet Dyer. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. Hello, 
So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest this week is Harriet Dyer. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Oh, mate, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me. Yeah, get that out of the way. <laughs> get comfy. <laughs> I am um, when, when I get ready for these episodes, mate. I pride myself on like doing quite a lot of research and taking loads of notes and stuff like that. I always feel like it's the least I can do, right? And um, it always amazes me the things I end up finding out about people. But one thing I never expected. Oh, what have you found out? Well, not found out, <laughs> but one thing I like didn't expect to do in preparation for recording an episode of this podcast was watch an episode of the Naughty's dating, dating show Dinner Date. That was uh, the. the oh. <laughs> You cropped up on. I was watching it yesterday. And my wife came and said, "What are you watching this for?" And I said, "Well, I, I don't know. I feel like I kind of should." But when when were you on there, mate? How long ago was that? Oh, years ago. I'd literally just. I was brand new to comedy, um, and uh, and I hope it's romantic, I guess. And um, so I, yeah, so I did it. It's like 2010. Wow. So yeah, thirteen years ago, um, and it's it always gets repeated because it's the only one where someone almost died. <laughs> so because I didn't get my chicken. <laughs> wow! What, what, did he did he get away without poisoning the fella Greg? His name. Uh, well, he was supposed to go for his. He was supposed to go on his final date uh, after my one, but he was he was ill, so he so he couldn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, but everyone thinks I did it on purpose, but I didn't do it on purpose. I was just really, I'm not very good under pressure and I was all discombobulated. And then my, um, the heat from the bread, uh, from, uh, from the fish cakes that he thought were bread rolls, livid. Um, so, so it must have been a fluster, turned the oven off and then the heat from the starter must have just made the outside of the chicken look, look cooked, but... It was not even was not. had like clumps of garlic, whole ugh, disaster. I can't believe you. I always assumed that, that people won't find that, but <laughs> apparently just keeps coming back. Yeah. 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 Was, that, was that your first experience of telly, mate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'd always get when I when I was in uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival in the early days, like flogging my wares, flyering. People would come up to me thinking, really like, oh, if I, but they'd assume because I was a comedian that they've seen me on like live at the Apollo or something. They'd be like, yeah, we've seen you on the, on the Apollo. And I'd be like, it's definitely party dinner day. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, like, I don't know, there's so many things now, like in the modern day, when you kind of like obviously look back at it, they don't just work anymore. You know, times have changed. And I watched that and I was like, this is actually a really horrible show. I don't feel particularly comfortable watching. Uh, oh, why was it so awful? Oh, just at, like at the end when like the fake hand knocks on all the doors and the doors <laughs> open and it was like, here's your, I mean, you were over the moon with your takeaway, but the, the first lady looked a bit gutted and I felt a bit bad for, I have an empathy problem and I um, oh. I felt really bad for her. I was like, oh, like I hope, I hope she's met oh. someone, I hope she's happy. Well, you're going to feel even worse then because apparently he, uh, he'd he already slept with the first girl. That's why she was so upset because the camera guys told me that. Wow. Yeah, so he really sort of was horrible to her, yeah. Oh, mate, that's a... What a rat. I know, what a rat. That's a bold move, isn't it? Even in, in the non-Tinder age of uh, yeah. yeah, of having loads of dates and, yeah, putting yeah, out on the first really one. Yeah, she really liked him. Yeah. Oh, mate, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to watch it again. No. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to get back on track, how did you um, how did you get into comedy, mate? What was your route into, uh, into doing stand-up? uh what was it well I always wanted to do acting when I was younger I was re really lucky that 
well, well, at school I was <laughs> such a disaster that I think the teachers were like, uh, if ever there was a performance or or uh, like um um like because it was a church, a primary school was like a church school, so they'd have people doing the prayers or narrating stuff and that. So the teacher was always like, oh, so Harriet doesn't lose the will to live. Stick her in so she can like be the person narrating this and that. So and and then that really uh, and then I really enjoyed that and then so would do drama club and stuff and um and that's all I wanted to do was acting um so then I went so I couldn't afford drama school so I went to uni to do acting and then quickly realised that I was sort of a big fish in a small pond when in Cornwall but I wasn't particularly all that good in not in Cornwall and then there was a a module um a, a stand-up comedy it was the only so totally I only ended up at the university because I was following my friend Batty who went to she I, and I just oh, I wasn't ready to let go of her company so I was like well I'll go where she's going and then it turned out to be the only one in the whole country that did a stand-up comedy module and then uh and then so I was drunk and disorderly all the time and then uh, I've turned up one day and um uh and everyone's like oh are you ready for the stand-up comedy assessment and I was like the what uh and then with my gin and an Evian bottle and then I someone goes oh tell the story you told the other day at the pub about when you died twice funnier than it sounds so, uh, so I did that, and then the head of drama was like, well, you're an absolute disaster, so we need to get you sorted out because you, you, you're definitely an alcoholic, but but you're really good. That's what you should do. So then so then I sort of was like, oh. And it was so interesting as well because no one really wanted to work with me because I was so drunk all the time. So I went on stage to mild indifference and no one caring, and then, and then just from sort of talking about sort of stuff that had happened that at the time was you know quite personal and actually quite awful at the time um but people then were laughing and and then on my side and then thought I was great afterwards I couldn't believe it couldn't believe just the power of sort of making a joke out of stuff um so then I had the bug for for it really and then I well and then it got to the point where I'm so unemployable in anywhere else so it was it was my only like it just quickly became a plan A and then I didn't really have a plan B. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way to go, right? Yeah. What they say, if um if you've got something to fall back on, you'll always fall back, right? So just Oh, uh, I've nice never that, heard that. Yeah, yeah. So was it a case of um and I, I suppose you've kind of answered this a little bit already, but like because a lot of your comedy is about your mental health. Um, is that like was that not a conscious decision, but was that more of a case of just talking about your life or like you know, did it creep its way in? Uh, well, well, yeah, because and then I think it's um a quite a typical thing of definitely if you're a woman in comedy that the 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 men and the people that have been going a longer time than you always seem to have an opinion and will tell you what they think you need to do. So right at the beginning, people will come up to me afterwards and be like, right, well, you need to speak with more of a Cornish accent. You need to do this. You need to do that. Uh, and then I was like, because I just wanted to learn and be as good as I could. So then I took on all this, but then I slowly became something that I just wasn't at all um uh, and then and then it was only then when I did a gig and blooming Kevin Bridges was like you're so much funnier off stage than you are on stage and I was like why am I saying all this stuff that other people are telling me to say where like the whole reason I wanted to do it to begin with was because because I'm one of those people that have, well, I thought I was cursed with it when I was younger, but I have had quite an eventful life. So I should talk about that. And then and then once I 
you know, and that's how I started as well. And then once I kept doing that, well, it became more of a case of, um, well, I said it in my last show, people meet me and then they need an explanation. So it's not really a conscious thing of talking about mental health. It's more sort of answering the queries. (laughs) (laughs) How do people like... um you know on the whole how do you how do people like react to it right because people are kind of like i don't know i suppose this is a two-part question because in the in the mental health space we're always talk everyone's told talk about it right talk about it but sometimes people tell you talk about it and they don't really want to listen to it yeah you know, they're like they're like i'll oh, talk about your mental health until they have to listen to some of the things that have happened and then it kind of changes a little bit you know so, like how do people um respond to like going to watch comedy and having to you know, have some of that stuff as well as as well as jokes around it. Yeah, well, in like the club clubs, it's more, I guess, more of an accessible mentalness. <laughs> but in uh, but then more in our shows where I think, well, they you know they've chosen to invest here, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna give them it proper. Um, so yeah, so I'll, it'll be sort of more a bit more accessible uh, if I'm in a because with those like club gigs you often like often if you go in into long stories and explanations and stuff people just you know tend to that has to be sort of a bit punchier um but on the whole yeah people are people just like it like I did so I've done so many uh like because uh like in corporate gigs people companies will be like oh well we want to be seen as being um uh helping people uh being good for people that have mental health problems within the workplace so we'll get someone in that will do comedy about that so then I'll come in and then there was one where I talked about sort of like a lot of abuse and trauma that had led to a lot of my mental health problems and and then the in the private um message thing the person that booked me was like uh can you please move on from that stuff and can you please move on from that stuff and I was like you don't get to pick and choose what like from my story because it suits your narrative uh better so so yeah so you do get that and that is that's frustrating because that's not what it should be where it's just they well yeah they just want a sort of a pg version because as we all know it isn't so yeah Yeah. that is very annoying yeah i can well imagine yeah it's like people want like a light fluffy version and mental health does not work like no. that at all isn't it yeah i always think sometimes i think like you want to say to people like oh you think that's hard to listen to try living it yeah i think i this is like an edited version as well isn't it like, oh yeah yeah but no it's a, a a tricky one yeah How, like i've one thing i've really liked from the stuff of yours that i've seen is kind of because you are like you are so honest and so open with anything but the, the way that you're able to like weave the funny bits in between and i kind of like I like things that make me, and I think this works really well with mental health stuff, is when it makes people think about it afterwards. So they might like sit and laugh because you've said something funny. And then it's only like maybe afterwards on the train home that some of the other bits kind of sink in. And I think that's so important to get people like laughter's a good 
um, I don't know, like entry level way to get people thinking differently about maybe mental health and the stigma around it and stuff like that. Have I kind of got got that a bit, or was that just a waffle? oh yeah, like, no, yeah, that, does that make sense? Like, <laughs> I was losing myself there. I was going, <laughs> going somewhere. Oh, with I, it. I hope that that's the that's the case. Yeah, yeah, because you're too busy laughing at the hopefully at the time to realise, and and then yeah, down the line be like, wait a minute, I think that crazy lady had a point. <laughs> She's, she's trojan horsed me here damn her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i didn't come here to learn yeah no it's, it's interesting and the whole thing of like you know what we're supposed to find funny you know that interests me i've done things and i've said things when i wasn't well that i now look back and i think they're hilarious and i don't know if, if other people would but i there is a certain element of madness that is funny right and that's yeah. that's important yeah. to acknowledge as well and it's because it's always the people that have been through stuff as well that will always appreciate that and laugh with you. And it's always the people that, that you get so many people that are just upset on behalf of no one whatsoever. And they'll hear a word or um, and then they'll just be really upset. Um, and, and it's like, oh, sorry, have you have you are you affected by this or have you gone through this? Oh, no, no, no. But but. You know, the, but you you know, we shouldn't be saying that and shouldn't be saying this, but it's just people, ugh, just some people were just, oh, they're just the sort of people in it that would just, that, that don't even have a car, but would be annoyed that you were parking in somewhere outside their house, you know, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not enough, not enough going on. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, it's. A, I think there's like there's so much shame around being poorly, isn't there? You know, and like when someone comes out and just says, "Oh yeah, I did this and it was bloody ridiculous," and like <laughs> so many people will have their version of that, and it oh, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter why people are ill or how they are ill. It's the same stuff, right? That kind of spills out. And yeah, I think when people can like hear someone telling a funny story and think of their own. Um, it's nice. It's nice not to feel ashamed, isn't it? It's nice not to be embarrassed. It's nice to just laugh and say, fucking hell, that was mad. I'm glad that's not happening at the moment. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> how did you come to, um, cause I know you have a diagnosis of bipolar Harriet. Right? And that, like, how did that come to be? Cause I always think when there's a, a diagnosis and some people it's really useful to have one and some people it, it isn't right. It kind of works for differently for different people, but there's always like two moments. There's like the getting the diagnosis, which often gives people a, like an aha moment when they kind of look back and then suddenly all this other stuff makes sense. Uh, was that how it worked for you? Were you ill for a while and maybe oh, know yeah. that you were ill? Yeah. Ill like all my life. And then, my mum was so lovely, but she would always just, but she was from an age, as was my dad, where it, it just wasn't a thing when, when they were younger. So my mum would, and my, well, my poor dad, he was blooming when he was, um, my dad was uh, gay and no one didn't tell anyone. And then, um, uh, but when it, he was born, when it was illegal, uh, still illegal to be gay. So he was dealing with all that. So he must've had mental health problems because that is just awful. Um, and then, um, and then my mum was from like a small town in Yorkshire, and they were quite sort of backwards. And then, um, well, not that I'm saying people from uh, anyway. Um, and um, so my mum would always say, so when I was having these these bouts of mania and depression and so up and down and all the time, my mum would just I because because the school would say, people would say, everyone would say, and then my mum would just be like, oh no, you're just eccentric. So she'd always say that. And then there would be points like every few years, <laughs> all my life, I'd have a breakdown. And then mum would be like, 
Uh, and so then we'd go to the doctor. The doctor would recommend, the doctor would say, well, this does sound like bipolar, especially when I was like in my 20s, I did a, like a test. Um, well, just where they like uh, ask you the questions and apparently I, I, it was like, Every single question was basically, ah, um, and um, um, and then my mom was like, "No, you're just eccentric." And I was like, "But am I?" Because and then as well, it's dangerous as well because then because then it's even though she was saying it with like the best of intentions, but it was also saying that how you're feeling is it it, it isn't it isn't a thing, even though you everything like you constantly feel like you got spiders in your brain. So, um, so then it was only when she, um, well, what? Oh, when she died. But then it wasn't like, oh, now she's dead. I'll get her. It was just like because that was awful. And then my friend was like, oh, you really need help. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was only then. And then when, uh, when the doctor did say that, I was like, oh, well, I mean, we did know really. Um, but then, but then, so many people tell me that they like, I because I. Because I have this like little mental health space, and a lot of the people there are like, we think that it's because so many people are misdiagnosed. So so many people tell me that I've probably just got quite extreme sort of ADHD. But then, but then, but then they haven't known me when I've been so. I, so I don't know. But everyone's got a bloody opinion, haven't they? So, but then, and then everyone is also always di- misdiagnosed. So I don't know, but. I think it's safe to say whatever it is, something mental is occurring. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it has been um, uh, a relief to have something and to, you know, to be getting help for that, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's tricky, isn't it, to know. I sometimes think, um, so like kind of anxiety is really my biggest, my biggest thing. And that kind of, that will take me down depressive routes with it. Um, and I get anxious, all sorts of weird and wonderful things, but I, I sometimes don't know where I stop and anxiety starts, you know, like it, it, yeah. it's so hard to go. Is this my personality? Is this just the, or am I ill? Is this logical? It can be hard to know, can't it? Like what, what, what is mentally ill and what is just me? It's a, it's yeah. a fine line, right? Yeah, I think that if I'm just um because sometimes I'll be like a massive dick and then I'll be like, now I wonder because I wonder where the being a dick is is ending and then the mental health. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I yeah, I feel like, oh, do I need to have some sort of more of a level of responsibility or for my personality and how I'm behaving or 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 is this the mental illness? Yeah. Yeah. All gets a bit, gets a bit blurred. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, once you got a diagnosis, Harriet, did you start to do things a bit um, differently? Did you try like meds or therapy or like, how did, uh, what did you do differently after that? Um, I just charged me. Um, well, so I've had all the, I've just been really unlucky with um, therapy and stuff. I had one therapist and then, um, and then she but she wanted to move to India. And then in the end, cause she was clearly pre in the end me and her I was like right well let's make a list of the pros and cons of and I ended up counseling her to move back to India and then um and then another one like when I said things that had happened in my childhood the 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 counselor was just like oh that's very dramatic and just things that just aren't ever helpful um 
Really? So I've ended up and then I was on like an emergency waiting list for eight years. So I've sort of just had to hobble cobble it all myself, really. Um, and I found the best way. And I definitely wouldn't advise that to anyone else because it was I, I just sort of had to in order to stay alive, really. Um, and I just had to really listen to myself in terms of knowing when to cut out people that were um toxic and and um and no like if I ever was just I could feel like I was gonna have like a really bad episode and uh then I would just be like right I need to just shut myself off from the world for like a couple of days until this clears and and stuff like that so I sort of had to do it that way um yeah, because I just never, because I think that's the thing, isn't it, with therapy and stuff, you really need to find someone that's right for you. And I've just sort of never really have. And then now I'm at a stage where I think I'm sort of as together as perhaps I may well be. So so I'm all right now. And I sort of found a good, um, like I'm in a good positive relationship and I think that helps as well that I've just got, like if ever there is an issue, like I never, like all my life I never had anyone um well anyone actually full stop um sort of on my side and now like with my partner if there's ever a bother he always just says what can I do to help and uh and that's good just having someone there that's gonna that's got you know your best interests at heart and 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 all of that so so yeah so that's sort of how I figured it all out really which yeah is not really um a traditional way of doing things, I guess. Yeah, but it's got to like, it's got to be whatever works for the individual, right? And I, yeah, I, yeah. I, sometimes I, I think it can be, we can go down these like rabbit holes of trying to fix everything when sometimes just like acceptance, maybe that was huge for me. Like I spent a long time, I was determined. It was like a project, it's full-time job trying to fix my brain. And yeah. things got a lot easier when I just kind of start, well, maybe like, maybe that's not an option. And maybe I just need to put things in place to be able to just get by. Um, things changed massively for that when I started trying to, to fix it. Yeah, that, well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, you just, yeah, you just go, well, well, this is what I'm working with rather than, yeah, because that's what, because sometimes like if ever I do now like have a, like have start to have a difficult time or whatever I'm like oh no well this is this doesn't have to be that you're you know gonna spiral down like sometimes things just are a bit tough isn't it I just have to remember that that, you know if you're not like it doesn't have to be perfect in order to not be having a mental health crisis because that's not life yeah Um, yeah yeah. 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 So just, just um, maneuvering it all really, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. There's a lot of power in kind of knowing that you've like been through it before, you know, like that's, that's a thing as well, isn't it? And it's just like, yeah. like you say, just battening down the hatches, putting in place what you need to have in place and going, oh, I'm just going to ride this out. Cause that's, yeah. you know, that worked last time and we'll do that again. Yeah. And I think as well, because in, in, but it's back in the day for, well, for the majority of the back in the day, but it would always be, especially when I didn't have like a diagnosis or anything, it was always like drinking and drugs and stuff to try and sort of self-medicate it. Whereas I find that the moment, well, well, that's all been out of the equation for years, but, but it's a lot, everything's a lot easier to manage now that is out of the equation, which is, well, I guess it's no, um, 
you know, is 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 no surprise, isn't it? The surprise is that that wasn't helping things. <laughs> well, I think that was just it. When there was just so much happening in my brain, and then everyone was telling me that there isn't anything happening in my brain. So I mean, it was just something to sort of numb it all, really. Yeah. How was but, the process? Are you um, sober now, Harriet? Do you mind me asking that question? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love, but now I'm at the stage where what did I do the other day? I after a gig. Um, I had a glass of red wine, whereas back in the day, I had to be completely, and if I had anything, I would bloody, I would be, I'd wake up in Amsterdam. Um, I, <laughs> but, um, so yes, well, so no, not completely sober, but I, re- I mean, I can't tell you the last time I drank before then, I just don't, it's just not really a thing anymore, but never any drugs, never any, um, God, no spirits or anything like that, Um and I'll have a mulled wine at Christmas. <laughs> oh, rude not to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How how did you find the, the process of like knocking that on the head? Because when people like don't know that you're unwell and they just think like, oh, Harriet likes a drink. People are really fun. I found I've, I've, I've drink for, I'm coming up for seven years sober. And I found like the hardest thing about stopping was other people's reaction to me deciding not to drink anymore. Yeah. Like, people, when they associate it with you, then it, it can be tricky. Was that something you experienced as well? Um, yeah, well, I, I think it it naturally, because I just, I think I I must have, did I move house or something? Because I must have just moved away or done something different where I didn't, I just wasn't around the people really anymore that I would drink and that with. And then in, in comedy, I... Because it was only, I'd stay out after the gigs. Like I only sort of, the other day was that a theatre gig and then sort of had a red wine and then went back to where I was staying. But before, like when I was like drinking lots and that, I would be going going out after and after the uh, comedy and going. So I guess it's, I guess I've just stopped um going out with other people that were drinking. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think I, so I still don't really hang out or do things because a lot of some people like, will you now go out? Um, will you go out with people that are drinking and go clubbing and all that sort of stuff? I wouldn't go. I'm sort of, my clubbing days are well behind me now, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't be interested. That would not be fun. Um, sober no. or drunk for me now. Um, but yeah, like I'd still go, I could still go to a pub and like sit around with people having a drink. I tend to, yeah. sort of, I tend to, once you sit, once everyone looks a little bit like they're all melting, then that's when I, <laughs> That's when I, that's when I sort of, that's my time to go, you know. Well, so, <laughs> kind of look around the public, is everyone here having a stroke? Right, I need to get out of it. But um, but when they're repeating the same story for the third time, you dip it out, yeah. That's it, yeah. As soon as I hear something twice, I'll stop you there, I'm out of it. But that tends to be, because there's nothing worse than being around. And like each their own, man, I'm sure they're having a great time and good for them, but it, it's boring to be so yeah, yeah. people. And that's just, yeah, you know, that's just how it yeah. is, yeah. I don't really tend to go to the pub and stuff like that. I went to a wedding not long ago and that was, I could just, everyone was just getting wasted and then I dipped out. But then I felt bad because my partner was like, oh, I thought we could dance. <laughs> and, but, uh, but everyone was just, and it was such a, it was such a long day. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'm a bit like a nana, such a long day. I need to, <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> yeah. I always think that. I was like, something that was a, um, you know, I laugh at myself when I say it, but I'm like the sheer amount of liquid 
that <laughs> you know when you just think like oh you sit around and have like 10 pints and you've got god that's like five liters of, of yeah. liquid. like that's it's mad when you think about it like that well that's it because because as well someone was saying the other day that like in america when uh like the amount of, if so apparently if you were to have i've never been so i don't know for sure but if you if you're gonna have like a pint and then another pint they'll sort of think oh are you all right uh it's uh, drinking isn't like that over there whereas over here yeah it's more of a yeah just the, you're right just the amount of liquid and when you don't drink that um then people would be like oh do you want another coke or something and it's like well no i'm not gonna match you because there's too much sugar and coca-cola to it's mental to be to be drinking so much coca-cola and sugar I'm that's good. such a good point isn't it yeah it's yeah. like i gave up drinking for my health and now my teeth are falling out <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. At the end of an all day you just got gnarled stumps in your bloody in your <laughs> mouth yeah oh, something else that i wanted to chat to you about mate is um is your uh mental health comedy night is it barking tales yeah how did that come to be mate uh, so that came about, so I didn't, uh, so my debut hour at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival was um, uh, was about, uh, wow, that started off because my mum hadn't died then. So that started off saying, <laughs> everyone thinks I'm mental, but I'm just eccentric. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end of it, I was like, oh dear. <laughs> I don't think my sister was right after all. Um, just that it was like, because it was like the second time they tried to section me and then... <laughs> was just yeah told you know so then um so then I did this show and then people were coming up to me afterwards going oh it's so important that you're talking about it and because it because it was quite a long time ago now um and then you had like um I remember these sisters came and and uh they were one of the sisters was like oh I um I never um I I I've got mental health problems but I never feel like I could talk to my sister about it because uh like we just never have as a family so then coming to your show it sort of opened up that conversation um and I was like oh this is really all these things are really positive I was like oh, I'm not ready for it to be over after the month and then it was at the time in um uh, the media and all it was saying that comedians are prone to mental health problems than mo- than a lot of other people in the arts um so I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a night. Well, it seems there's enough mental comedians to be <laughs> to be getting on with. So, so I'll do a night where um, where the comedians will sort of do um, mental health stories and material that maybe they wouldn't be able to do in in the other clubs and all of that. So it so it come about uh, like that really. But then, but it it really ended up very quickly being more about the audience and the people that were coming rather than the comedians though, because it was people that loved comedy but would feel too anxious to come to a regular comedy night. Um, people that were people that were agoraphobic and were were coming to the comedy but then couldn't get out of the car and um and then people because it because we went through all sorts of places and um and things because then a lot of it the uh the pa systems would be too too loud and all of that so then so then my place at the minute is all just um we have the you know this fisher price plastic <laughs> microphones we have those 
but mainly because once when I had it at this place in central Manchester, because I'm not technical, technically minded, I bloody pressed something I shouldn't have, and the fucking the whole thing blew out. And then all the because most people are autistic, so they were there with their bloody headphones triggered. It was an absolute disaster. <laughs> Just me really trying to work it all out, causing a bother. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's fascinating, isn't it? That, you know, it started about the, the comics and then became more about the audience. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny as well, because because like with the po- putting the posters and all that together, you you get the comedians that are like, oh, let me give you this photo for it and all that. And I sometimes feel like saying, well, it's irrelevant, really, because it... <laughs> Because it's just, it's more like just a little social event for for the people that come rather than that. Like they're not really asked who's on, to be honest. But the, you know, the fragile egos. I don't say that. <laughs> yeah, do you like you, you mentioned before that there's a lot of people in comedy that have mental health um, issues of some sort. Do you find that to be true? Is that something you've kind of, uh, or is oh, that just one of yeah. those? Th- yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there's there's been a few where I've been talking to them and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what your deal is because you seem very normal. And then there, there was one guy, very good looking, very handsome, very debonair. I was thinking, oh, this is strange. And then, um, and then the next time I saw him, he was telling me how he was um, on his way to a gig and then he went to get some food at a service station and then just suddenly started retching in, in front of everyone. And I was like, ah, he's one of us. It's all, it's all right. <laughs> I think, it, I don't know what it is. It's just because we are such a, an odd bunch. And I was saying it to someone only the other day that, you know, when you're doing a weekend gig with a few other comics and so then you're meeting up for breakfast and walking around. Sometimes people, you can see people looking like, how do these, because it's such an odd mix of people that have come together and always have something massive in common because they because they love comedy and, and so there's always something that they can talk about because that's such a big love because because it has to be because especially when you start to be driving all over the country for no money and all that so it has to be a big love in order to because it's an an odd lifestyle I guess um I mean, it was the question. I can't even remember what, <laughs> what am I not, talking about? I'm not sure myself. Um, <laughs> is, it, is, it, uh, is mental health related issues common in the... Oh, in yeah, the yeah. So I think I think because it is a certain type of lifestyle and, and I think because it, it is quite an isolated thing as well. So often it's people that... I don't know, it's a funny one because people always assume that I'm very sociable, but I find just talking awful when like I much rather um like on because people go oh it must be awful being on stage really tough but that I feel at peace and then it's like if someone comes up to me afterwards or whatever I just find that absolutely awful (laughs) and then I feed off other people's awkwardness as well so that we just end up to to get even more awkward and then the yeah so I find um yeah, yeah. So the so everyone's everyone's similar, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's cool that you can kind of find that. I don't know freedom to. I don't know just be yourself and to when you're on that stage, you know, rather than having to, like you say, make the small talk and all the rest. Because yeah. life life is full of small talk. Life oh. is full of though. If if that's not comfortable, then life gets hard, right? Because it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, I was if I end up sat next to someone on a train or something, like I can't chat to you about the weather. If someone turns around to tell me about the meaning of life, you can go, oh, let's get into it. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going to sit here and do the small. I just can't do it. It doesn't work. No. Me. 
but no, but then I feel bad as well because sometimes you, like it'll be like an old lady that just wants to chat, and then I'll so so then I don't know they'll say like oh the, it oh oh isn't the weather happening? <laughs> I'll be like oh yes <laughs> yes it is and then I'm like oh no she really wants more talk but I don't know what to say because I have no opinion about the bloody weather <laughs> yeah it's tricky isn't it it's, yeah, yeah it's really really um really tricky oh we mate. might need cue cards like small talk cue cards yeah so she could I um something that I did for a while that I had to stop doing was I used to if I was like going to the gym or something like that I would rehearse in my head because I get really anxious of like what I was going to say. And then, so like, if I went in and I'd be, oh, it's going to be so-and-so on the desk because it's a Monday. And I'd be like, oh, I'll just say like, hey, how are you? And they'll say, I'm fine. And I'll say, oh yeah, isn't it like sunny out? And then that'll be it. And I'll be through and I'll be in. And then if that person wasn't on the desk, it would throw me. <laughs> and I'd just be the, like, uh, uh, hi, <laughs> you know, just like scudder past them. And I, it, like, I was I can't live my life like this. I, I can't plan conversations ahead of time because as soon as they don't work, then it just yeah. like, collapses. But um, I think that's really, it can be quite common with like anxiety and stuff because, and with a lot of mental illness, because you feel like you have no control over anything, right? So you're trying to control, I suppose, control the the controllables. And it's it's hard when people are coming up to you because you don't know what they're going to say and you don't know what yeah. you're going to have to say back. It gets tricky, yeah? Yeah, and sometimes I say things that I don't even, well, there was once this um, this comedy promoter and um, and. I didn't know what to say to her and I've heard that she didn't particularly like what I do anyway so which made me even more not know what to say to her um and then I was sort of left in a room with her once at a gig and then and then I was just put like absolutely panicking not knowing what to say so I just I said to her oh I've got I've got cystitis and I didn't I just told her I (laughs) panicked because I didn't know what to say (laughs) I told her I had cystitis Oh no! <laughs> it's a, it's amazing where the brain pulls these these things. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've never said that. I've never said that ever. Uh, like I've never had it. I've never. So it was just odd. Well, me and my mum once thought that we had it, but it was just we were just in Doncaster and it was so cold that we just couldn't wee properly. But it wasn't cystitis. Just, oh. just so you should, so you should know. <laughs> Common in Doncaster. As soon as you drive over the the boundary of Don <laughs> Doncaster, Titus maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I wanted to ask. I've been really enjoying um, your podcast recently that you do, the Make Me Better podcast. Like it's so so much fun. Um, what's oh. the? Where did the idea of that come from, mate? What's the the premise of the show? Oh well, um, so it's Make Me Better, and me and Louise Young, who's a wonderful comedian. So we both actually became friends through being mental in comedy. So she did my mental health gig, and then we just got, and then she sort of mess- messaged after and was very kind, and then and then we sort of kept in touch, and then in the end became really good friends. Um, and then it was her idea. She was like, oh, well, let's do a podcast. But then I didn't know what to do the podcast on. And then she said, oh, because we're both mental, why don't we try and um, do stuff that all, uh, that might make us better? So it's a very loosey, goosey thing, but it's, but, but yeah, but then, but then because the, I did this podcast thing the other day and then someone came up to me and go, oh, you know what you need to do is go on the ketamine trials. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think we might need to. 
<laughs> so I think, yeah, so I think we're going to have to be careful with some things because at the minute it's up for debate on mushrooms because a lot of people say that there's, you know, to microdose them and stuff like that. But we're both worried about, um, well, going bloody, going absolutely haywire. So, um, so at the minute it's more things like more gentle things like wow because they because then we did these uh the lion mane mushrooms but I thought because it said lion's mane so I thought it was the actual mane of a lion um but then what was really good about that one was that um well I didn't realize until she said that she goes oh if your fingernails and toenails start growing more and and I was like I bloody have so they just yeah we're like peregrine falcons <laughs> but our brains are still sad <laughs> still mental great nails yeah. yeah oh mate is there any because i was going to ask if there was any that have stood out as being like um i don't know particularly useful or particularly crap or is there anything that you tried and thought oh i'm going to keep doing this this is this is great yeah well do you know what the lion's mane mushrooms were good because everyone in fact i need to do it again because everyone is ill at the minute because everyone around me got ill at one because it's supposed to be really good for the immune system and um so maybe not so much mental health but then i am happier in general so maybe it is one of these things but this is the thing because we keep we film because of our schedules and stuff we we do um, like three episodes at the same time. So then by the end of it, we've had such a fucking concoction of mayhem that I don't know which is what and what's, what's doing. And then some things are more like wanky stuff like um, gratitude and stuff. Because I think often we go through life and um, we, you know, we constantly move the goalposts and of what we want and all this business and and what we think will make us happy and then uh but then when you sort of step back and and realize what you do have and the things that you are thankful. so I found that was really good just being because I would always see it as just gigging and schlepping around and and just a bit of a nightmare and then I was like just sort of every day realizing how lucky I am to do this sort of stuff so I find things like that have actually really helped um Whereas, oh yeah, because this turmeric and ginger concoction that made me feel sick. But Louise loved it, and um, but the lion's mane was good. What else have we had? Um, uh, I don't know, but it's been fun to do anyway. But I don't think anything has really made us normal. <laughs> yeah, I always think it's a big ask, right? Because the the wellness space is so like it's an industry now, and like yeah. people for, forget we're being sold stuff, same as we're being sold all this other crap that we don't want. Yeah, and I always think it's a big ask when it's something really small, like someone's like, oh, like you know, put some extra turmeric in your. In well, your yeah, cooking. exactly, exactly. <laughs> like a lifetime it? of trauma and bloody sorrow, and then that's gonna sort it out exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. You know, people say to me like, you know, I'm going for a run, and I'd say, I'm not safe to be around traffic. Like the, the <laughs> last, the last thing I should be doing is is pounding the streets or you know going for a, a cold swim in the sea. That's not where I want to be right now. Yeah, very much. yeah. Well, um, she she really likes all that, like the cold water swimming and the um and meditating in that. Whereas I I. I, that's never been so I guess that's good as well that we're getting two opinions two different um opinions on it all because I yeah I just find it very difficult for I guess that's what meditating is but I've never like back in the day when I used to try all the headspace stuff I would you know when it's like every time you feel yourself drifting off to something else then bring yourself back so I'd 
I'd try and do that. And then suddenly I'm in the kitchen making a roast dinner and I'm like, what was I? <laughs> what the bloody hell was I supposed to be doing? <laughs> I, I tried to, uh, meditation and mindfulness for a long time and I used to like get so upset and I used to berate myself because I couldn't do it. And then it, it like the therapist that I've been working with the last couple of years, she said to me, because my brain is so busy, she said, you don't need mindfulness. You don't need to observe your thoughts because you'll turn that into a full-time job. You've got too many thoughts. That's the problem. She yeah. said, you need more mindlessness. Um, oh, wow. More, more things that kind of make you go where well, you're doing something and you're um, you like look up at the clock and you go, fuck, it's been an hour. Like she, you need more stuff like that because I'm so in the moment. I need stuff to take yeah. me out. So I've been like coloring in and I start doing drumming lessons and like drumming is really good. That So yeah, like mindlessness rather than mindfulness. That was huge for me. That made a real, uh, real big difference. So and that's but, brilliant. Yeah. Not enough. Not in, that's not spoken about enough, is it? Not at all. We're always just right. Well, you need to meditate. And it's like, well, what if the people, because I think that's what people that, do meditate a lot would say isn't it they would say oh well you need to do it until you're not thinking but then if you but but it's impossible well I've found it impossible and I and I just and like you say I, I'll just it, the whole point of it isn't to do something that's you that you're going to end up beating yourself up for it that's the bloody the opposite yeah yeah very much <laughs> so and we're good at that people who aren't well right is you're good at like finding reasons it, oh, like, yeah. you know i hate myself enough i don't need to go and actively yeah. seek other reasons to turn against <laughs> myself <right? laughs> so what have you got um what have you got coming up harry i saw a post on your instagram just this morning about your new new show is that going to edinburgh this one? Oh yeah yeah well i wasn't gonna do edinburgh again oh because i'm so impulsive i'm always like i'm never going again um but then I'm, I'm like, oh, well, what will I do this summer? Um, so, and I love working on a new show. So because I, I did a show that was really about a lot of abuse and trauma the last time. So I'm going to do a show that's, um, a, well, I say it's a lot more lighthearted. And now it's ended up being about my dead mum. So, um, so, but there's going to be, a you know, an interpretive dance about crabs. So I think it'll all be fine. Um, as in the creatures, not the... <laughs> the disease um and uh and yeah so just just keep doing what i what i'm doing i guess keep writing in uh material and um and the shows and all of that and uh, i'm currently the um in the latest voxy advert i am the talking brain <laughs> oh wow typecast <laughs> isn't it <laughs> 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 I'll keep me uh keep me eye peeled for that one. And I'm glad you mentioned the um the the crab dance then because we talked before, you know, a fine line between being eccentric and being not well. And when I saw the picture of of you with the crab hands on the thing, I was like, I wonder if that's to do with the show or is that Harriet just just wearing some some crab hands? I wonder if they're linked. <laughs> well, so it wasn't gonna be, and then everyone's everyone's like, Well, you need to do something. And then and then when I did the first preview the other day, I was did feel like it was missing something. And also because it's a thin line because between like I want to always talk about stuff and be honest and that but also I do love dicking about so I I also just love being silly like that's like my favorite uh, uh humor so so I like to you know be able to incorporate incorporate mayhem and silliness into it as well yeah, I suppose like that's a tricky thing, isn't it? When your show is about like challenging stuff, particularly stuff that you've lived, and then you have to take it to Edinburgh and do it 
like 30 nights on the bounce that you know yeah i suppose it's it's nice to it's nice to break that up a little bit with, uh, yeah. with, yeah. with something to balance it out yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't think i'd ever do a like a full run again because that last year 30 days of reliving trauma was just yeah that was too much i think yeah yeah, yeah. but um there we go I, I watched that the one you put on your youtube and it really is wonderful mate i really did uh oh, did enjoy thank you. It. yeah I um <laughs> I put it the <laughs> I, I started watching it and then I had to go off and like do something and I'd left it paused on my laptop so I could carry on and then I didn't come back to it and like during the night my laptop must have like re done some sort of reboot or something like that so when it turned itself on at two in the morning it started playing and it woke me up because I'm a really light sleeper and I kind of you know when you're like half asleep and I was I think there's I think there's someone in my in my kitchen and I was kind of at the, on the landing and I was thinking I can just hear voices what's going on and it wasn't the neighbors and I, I was still half asleep and I crept downstairs and I like hello is there anyone there and then it was only when I like, walked into the kitchen and saw you on my laptop and I was like oh, of course it is it's just this and then I woke up and it's, it's like the strangest experience watching uh watching so sorry. <laughs> it's like Harriet Dyer is in my kitchen at two in the morning this is what's she doing that's so okay <laughs> So, yeah it was dead weird but um no, you there with a baseball <laughs> yeah just getting ready to <laughs> jump out on a burglar and, yeah it's just all on all on my laptop but um no it was really really wonderful and um something i just want to touch on and i'll let you go mate because i'm conscious of your time but there was a review about it at the time that you posted on your um on your instagram and it said not for the faint-hearted hearted but for the warm-hearted and i thought like oh. if like if anything mental health related, whether it's comedy or a podcast or anything like that, for someone to say something like that, it's just a, that's all you want to hear, right? It's the loveliest way of, um, of describing someone talking about those sorts of things. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, no. And that's another thing I think, yeah, you just, I think because it was quite tough uh, talking about that every single day for a month. So I think, because I didn't even remember that quote. So, so it's, yeah, it's nice to think, uh, to think about those things rather than, you know, because we well, do naturally just think of the negatives rather than the positives, don't we? So, um, yeah. so yeah, so people were really kind about it, but then, you know, some other people just bloody like, well, it's difficult because I guess the subject was, you know, is, is um, you know, tough going for people, but it's hard to, because it's just, it's just what happened. So when people are like, oh, this was treacherous. It's like, well, it was like 26 years of my life. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you know. I think it should be hard for people, quite simply, yeah. because it's like it's it's true and it's real, and there's no point pretending that it's not, right? So, um, yeah, things they're supposed to be tough to for people. That's good. They should know, right? They should know. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> there you go. There's my two cents that you didn't ask for. <laughs> but mate, I'm gonna let you get off. Thank you so much for your time today, mate. I've enjoyed it immensely, and um, yeah, good luck with the with the new show and everything that's coming up. It's been uh, yeah, it's been wicked to chat. Oh, thanks so much. Be really lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. <laughs> do I just do I just leave now then? Well, I'll hit record and then um, I'll say cheerio. A big up to the proper mental podcast.
Podcast. A proper mental podcast. <laughs>